Hello and welcome to this episode of HBCU. Joining me today is the co-CEO of Channing Capital Management, an asset management firm with $3.8 billion under management. Please help me welcome Rodney Harrington to HBCU. Rodney, glad to have you on the show, man. Thank you for having me. Now, Rodney, you have a unique story in that you are a graduate of Morehouse College, but also you are a Harvard grad. So you have this kind of vastly unique uh, experience from a college perspective. But I want to start with Morehouse. Tell me how you landed at Morehouse College. Wow, the journey started because I have two parents that graduated from an HBCU, Lamorna College in Memphis, Tennessee. So logically, they instilled in me at an early age the importance of understanding your history, your culture. So when I was in high school, my dad uh, really emphasized applying to Morehouse College, Howard University, and uh, Morehouse was my choice. Absolutely. And so just to uh, kind of frame up the influence of your parents, uh, of course, your dad is a very well-known uh, person around the country. Talk a little bit about your dad and his background, and then we'll jump back to Morehouse. Absolutely. Um, my dad grew up in the urban downtown area of Memphis, Tennessee, uh, Barden Street, and uh, raised by his grandmother and mother. He attended uh, Booker T. Washington High School. He was a boxer early on. Golden Glove. Golden Gloves. Five <laughs> times, he'll tell you five. And uh, five times decided <laughs> not to pursue uh, professional boxing and decided to apply and attend Lamorne on College. So it was there where the basketball coaches saw a six, seven skinny man walking down the <laughs> hall and he joined the team and lettered at, at Lamorne on College. Yeah. Went on into education, master's in education, PhD, became the uh, first black superintendent of the school systems in Memphis and then first elected black mayor of Memphis for five terms. So I had a strong uh, black male figure in the household. Absolutely. Five-time Golden golden Glove and five-time mayor. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Right, quite a resume. So talk to me about Morehouse College. Tell me about that first day that you set foot on campus. What was that like? Uh, well, I had the good experience of my brother being one year ahead of me. Okay. So I would visit him during the uh, breaks. But my first journey was uh, Thurman Hall, uh, meeting all the other guys that came from around the country, California, New yeah. York, D.C. I'm a country boy from Memphis, so right. <laughs> it was a cultural uh, shock initially. Yeah. But once you started meeting everyone, you found out that we were all there for a common purpose, to, uh, to make ourselves into productive uh, young African-American male. Now, Morehouse is known uh, nationally as having a lot of unique uh, characteristics and, and things that happen on campus. Talk to me about some of the unique experiences at Morehouse. Well, first of all, it's the AU Center. You have Spelman across the street, you yeah. have Clark University. At that time, you had Morris Brown, and then you had uh, the graduate uh, program at Atlanta College there. Yeah. So you had this uh, center where all these great schools are in a common area where right. you can network and meet people from all over the country. Right. And so what does it mean to be a Morehouse man? Because you always talk, you hear people talk yeah, about being a Morehouse yes, man. So yes. what does that mean? Well, uh, you have a certain mystique. Uh, we're trained to go out and conquer, to be the best that we can be, to represent our race. And as a young African-American male, uh, particularly one who wants to go into finance on Wall Street, um, the, the cards are already stacked against you. Yeah. There's very few of us that are able to break that glass ceiling. Yeah. So uh, you hear a Morehouse man carries a pen. Yeah. Uh, that means we're prepared, we're ready. Because uh, a man with a pen can be powerful. Right, uh, right. And, and that's, that's what it means to me. So were there any um, 
faculty, staff, or individuals at Morehouse College that left uh, a mark on you, um, that mentored you? Absolutely. Uh, in the business department, we had those old school professors. These guys were PhD'd and uh, they taught uh, with a passion and a purpose. And uh, it was competition in the room. Yeah. So uh, Morehouse had one of the top rated uh, business schools for an HBCU in the country at the time. Actually, Wall Street would come and recruit there. So uh, my econ professor and my uh, accounting professor yeah. were two that I remember because those were the toughest professors. Right. Uh, if you got out of their class with a B, you were, you were doing well. So talk to me about graduating from Morehouse College. Uh, once you graduated, where did your career take you? Um, I graduated uh, Phi Beta Kappa. Okay. Um, and I decided to uh, go into commercial banking. Uh, at that time, Wall Street investment banking firms were just starting to recruit African Americans. It was wide open for the major money center banks. So I joined Citicorp yeah. and went through an intensive uh, six-month training program with about 40 MBA students. I was one of two BAs in a class of over 50 MBAs. Wow. So that exposed me to um, how business school would be because those uh, students are recruits came in with a different perspective. A lot of them already had work experience. Yeah, so how did you end up at Harvard? Uh, great, great question. Um, when I was in the training program, I was fascinated with the uh, students that uh, were from Harvard because they were used to debating case studies. Yeah. And uh, while Warden, Columbia, all the other top schools, great uh, classmates, I found that the, uh, the case study method forced you to debate and to really become prepared to uh, defend your position on a particular company. So yeah. I was attracted to the case study method. Obviously, Harvard carried a, a reputation beyond right. uh, my dream. And so I applied and was accepted. So do you remember uh, the day you were accepted into Harvard? Absolutely. Uh, I was working at Citicorp. I transitioned to our Chicago office. And I remember uh, back then, you didn't get the uh, text or the email. Uh, it was via mail. Yeah. So when I got that envelope and opened it up, uh, it was a great day. I remember it. Now, you know, uh, people consider, you know, obviously Harvard being at the top echelon of um, higher education institutions in uh, the country, if not the world. How did Morehouse prepare you for that journey to Harvard? Uh, prepared me in a way that I didn't really understand until later. Uh, the business school classes were so competitive. Uh, we had one class where it prepared you on how to read the Wall Street Journal, how to dress for yeah. interviews, how to dress for work, right. how to um, just approach an environment that's different than yours. So uh, that was the foundation because they don't give you a playbook when you show up on Wall Street. Right. <laughs> a lot of times you have to learn by yourself. There's not a uh, networking system. You're usually one of a few yeah. in the area. So you're, you're taught to survive. Right. You're taught to figure it out. And uh, that's what I remember the most. So having attended Harvard and uh, Morehouse College, what do you see as being, I guess, the difference between uh, attending what we would call a predominantly white institution and uh, an HBCU? Obviously, uh, resources. Uh, we are not given the resources that some of the larger institutions are. Just even registering uh, was a challenge. Right, uh, right. Trying to get classes. A lot of that's done electronically. Years ago, they were doing it electronically. At Morehouse, you stood in a long line 
and yep. they taught you how to be patient. Right. Uh, during the pandemic, it's funny, I go through the airports and I see the long lines of Starbucks. Yeah. I don't mind waiting because more I've taught <laughs> me how to be to, patient. Taught you how to be but patient. But you see a lot of patrons that are impatient, wondering right. why is this line so long? So that's right. never been a problem for me. Wow. That's, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so um, talk to me about Channing Capital Management, $3.8 billion in asset, assets under management. How did you start the firm? Um, I was working at an investment banking firm in my hometown, Memphis, Tennessee, Morgan Keegan & Company. Uh, had a great experience there. I was one of two of the most senior blacks at the firm, uh, doing a lot of IPOs and underwritings. Yeah. Uh, my boss, Alan Morgan, uh, one day decided to sell Morgan Keegan to Regions Bank. Uh, I believe uh, when he sold uh, Morgan Keegan to Regions Bank, I believe he became the second largest shareholder of Regions, and I think he made north of 100 million personally. Yeah. So I came in the office after that transaction was announced and said, wow, Morgan Keegan has been great to me, but I don't own anything. Right. I said, to really create wealth, you have to own something. Yes. So I waited about a month, I approached my boss and asked would he sponsor me to start my own investment management firm. Of course, there was a lot of work that went into that. Right. He asked for a business plan, I had to raise capital, uh, and I had to find business partners. And I was a fortunate to find two great business partners that actually had investment management experience. Uh, one came out of Chicago, one came out of the New York area. And my partner still today, uh, Wendell Mackey, came yeah. out of Howard University, another HBCU. Another HBCU. So we got to have him on your show, too. Absolutely, absolutely. So between uh, the three of us coming together, we were able to get Regions uh, Morgan Keegan uh -huh. to seed us $70 million to start the firm. And I also raised some private capital. So we grew $70 million to now $3.8 billion as wow. a firm. Talk to me about that journey because, you know, seeing it is one thing, yes. right? You started at $70 million, now we're at $3.8 billion. Yes. But a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into that, that process, I'm sure. Just talk a little bit about yes, that yes. journey. But as you tell me about that journey, kind of tell me how Morehouse helped prepare you for what you Absolutely. were about to undertake. Absolutely. Well, the journey starts with the foundation of faith. Yes. Because uh, a lot of people thought I was crazy to leave a good... Uh, situation in Morgan Keegan and start out on my own. I was 35 years old yeah. at the time. Uh, secondly, family. I had to sit down with the wife and uh, my dad was instrumental, uh, but my family supported me. Because yeah. I was, it was some long nights traveling, sleeping on friends' couches, trying to raise capital. Right. 70 million was only the start, but our overhead, you had to attract um, investment talent, you had to have office space, you had right. to travel. So right. uh, it's a high barrier to entry to uh, enter the investment management field. Uh, Morehouse comes into play of just the network and support because I had friends that were mentors that were older that yeah. had already started their own firms or they were well established in larger corporations. So I could lean on them, right. uh, get that encouragement when things were not going as well, market conditions you can't control, uh, it could set your growth back. So it was a lot of perseverance that you get from Morehouse the network from Morehouse, and then just the family support that I had. Right. So what type of uh, investments are you managing at, at your firm right now? Yes, we are a multi-product-oriented firm, uh, but all institutional public equity. So if you think about a portfolio, we're focused on the public equity side. So okay. small cap value, SMID value, large value. On the non-U.S. side, we have emerging markets, international developed, as well as Acquiex US and Global. So what we're able to offer our institutional investors is a wide variety of offerings that can fit within a portfolio for a pension fund. 
Right. And so what are your goals for Channing Capital Management? Where do you see you being in the next five years? In my space, there's four uh, African-American firms that do what I do on the public equity side of size. We're the fourth of that group. Of the top 500, we're ranked probably in 300. Yeah. So obviously a goal of mine, as well as my partner in the firm, we want to more than double our assets to continue to, uh, to grow and scale the business. Uh, the larger we grow, we can handle more larger allocations. Right. Most institutional investors don't want to be more than 10% of your total firm assets. Yeah. So if I can get to 10 billion, I can take right. you know, a billion the, dollar allocation. Right. So then scalability becomes uh, critical and, and, and that's when the game changes. Right, so from the position that you're in uh, as an asset manager, uh, managing a huge portfolio, have you put any thought into how you can take or leverage your position to help bring resources to uh, HBCUs? Because, you know, obviously HBCUs, as you, as you mentioned, uh, lack technology, uh, infrastructure, lack, uh, you know, facilities, yes. uh, lack just re really social infrastructure that a lot of the, the uh, PWIs enjoy. Uh, and despite uh, those uh, setbacks that we see on HBCU campuses around the country, they still feel a critical role because so many uh, African-American, uh, I think 53%, currently test below college readiness. And oftentimes, the only schools that will accept them into four-year four university with those test scores are typically HBCUs who have programs designed to help uh, supplement their educational de uh, uh, deficits. And so, have you put any thought in terms of how Channing Capital Management can be a pioneer or leader in helping to bring uh, much-needed infrastructure improvements to HBCUs? Well, great question. I'll be very transparent. I'm a product of what you just mentioned. Wow. Uh, I had a great high school experience. Yeah. Grades were important, but not to the extent where I was thinking about testing into colleges. Right. Morehouse at the time was very competitive. So I was entered in into uh, classes where I had to pass all three to stay at Morehouse. Right. So I know what that means when you don't score as high, but they give you an opportunity, and I cherish that. What my firm's doing, we have an, a summer internship program. We're bringing a student in from Howard University and Morehouse College this summer. We also are mentoring. If you didn't score high on your GPA or you just have some deficiencies, we're mentoring you so that next year when you apply, you have an opportunity to actually receive the internship. Um, everybody needs a chance. Uh, some people come in freshman year and party a little bit too much, right. but they recognize, okay, I need to improve upon my grades. And we have one situation where we're tutoring and mentoring a gentleman who has the potential, he just needs to focus. Also, uh, my business partner sits on the board of Howard University Business School. So that's a way to be engaged with the university uh, we brought Bloomberg to their campus. Uh, if you call Howard University and Wendell Mackey, you'll see that we put a whole Bloomberg room there sponsored by my business partner that's ongoing. Okay. So it's those type of initiatives that we can do, but we have to give back. Right. Um, also just culturally educating our students on the power of their history. Yeah. Um, I'm doing that through the arts. Uh, I have a strong uh, photography collection that I'm going to uh, roll out and tour to HBCUs wow. so they can really embrace their history. Right, well, you, but you said something at the very beginning of your response that I think really highlight uh, what this show is all about. You mentioned that 
coming out of high school, you didn't take testing very seriously. And so you were one of those statistics that we I just described where you test below college readiness, mm -hmm. but Morehouse gave you an opportunity to enter college, prove that you could be successful and go on to do great things. But I, I think what makes the, the, the story more amazing is the fact that not only did you enter Morehouse, uh, graduate Phi Beta Kappa, but then you went on and completed your MBA at Harvard uh, uh, Business School, yes. right? And so that's an amazing story. And it reminds me of, a, uh, we had a, uh, a Dr. Herman Felter from Wiley College on, and he talked about how he had a GED. Uh, he had dyslexia, oh, wow. and he didn't know until he went to the military, but they taught him how to deal with it. So f coming from a GED, he went on to get a PhD, a law degree, and now he's wow. the president and CEO of an HBCU. So there are some amazing uh, success stories that, that flow from HBCUs. But I want to take just a little bit step back to Morehouse for just a second and talk about what was like the highlight of your Morehouse experience? Like signature events, homecoming, just kind of give me the, little, the flavor of uh, being on campus at Morehouse. Okay, well, I, I really had a good high school experience, so I didn't party as much <laughs> you as learned I your could lesson. have. You learned your lesson. <laughs> uh, 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 getting that uh, Phi Beta Kappa honor was obviously one of the greatest yeah. memories. And then we had a spring tour. Uh, 20 students were selected to uh, travel abroad. I was one of 20 selected for that. So those are two memorable from a uh, professional yeah. and, and laying my foundation for what I'm doing today. From a social standpoint, uh, just my, my roommates and my friends from freshman year on that dorm floor at Thurman Hall. Yeah. Those were guys I still know today. Many of have gone on to be lawyers, doctors, uh, businessmen. And right. um, so just hanging out with them, uh, again, that, that nucleus of common like people trying to make it. Right. And from different walks, too. Right. And you, you mentioned uh, in one of your earlier responses about leaning on uh, people that came before you uh, out of Morehouse from business and things of that nature. Uh, but just talk to me about the networking and the, 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 the actual brotherhood that's formed mm -hmm. from being a, a graduate of Morehouse. It's incredible. Um, again, I'm going to speak from a Wall Street perspective. Okay. Again, uh, the guys who were two, three years ahead of me, they were breaking barriers. That's when Wall Street was coming to Morehouse to recruit. So they were the first recruiting class that I knew of that was actually going to Wall Street, you know, wearing nice suits like yeah. you did, <laughs> and uh, going to make some real money. So I was... I was blown away by that. So I was hanging on their coattails. Right. Uh, when I interned in Chicago, I stayed at some of those guys and crashed on their couch. So that's what you do. So the network of guiding you, how to interview, uh, here's who you need to read up on. Yeah. Uh, those guys were there. So from a professional standpoint, the network was incredible. Even today, when we go back to homecoming and to see where people are, meet right. their kids and family, um, it, it's no experience like that. Yeah. Um, I have children that have gone on to larger majority universities yeah. due to sports. Right. And uh, they even come to Morehouse Homecomings with me and they have a great time. Wow. So when you talk about uh, Morehouse and being a, a Wall Street and, you know, banker, you came from Memphis. Like yes. you said, you parted, had a great high school yes, career. Yes, I did. Right. So how did you what how did you decide that you wanted to work on Wall Street? When did that passion uh, develop? Um, there was a gentleman from Memphis who was uh, a Harvard graduate, probably 13 years older than me. 
he was in Memphis working on a Malone and Hyde transaction with KKR. Yeah. And uh, he was visiting with my father because my father tracked him coming out of the inner city in Memphis. And he said, you know, would you please speak to my son and, and give him some guidance? I was yeah. just a freshman at Morehouse. Okay. So um, it was a weekend up and my parents were out of town. I had a party at the house. And so I asked him to stop by the house and I could meet him there. So yeah. of course, uh, he came to the house, he stayed at the party a little bit, but he gave me his business card. And that's what changed my life. I was gonna be visiting a friend uh, from Morehouse during the summer in New York, and I told the gentleman that I would look him up. At the time, he was working at Kidder Peabody, a very prestigious Wall Street firm. Yeah. He was probably one of two blacks there, and I went to visit him, uh, walked in the lobby, went to his floor and saw this plush oak the trading desk. Yeah. I didn't know what he did, but, you but I said, to do whatever it. <laughs> you're doing, I want to do I want to do that. And he still serves as my mentor today. He yeah. guided me through choosing my major, through choosing my career, and ultimately applying to Harvard Business School. So he still serves as a mentor today. And his name is Robert Fain. Robert Fain. And so outside of Robert, who has been, the, I guess, the most influential person uh, in, your, in your life? My father, by far, uh, as a male, African-American male figure, yeah. and the obstacles that he was able to overcome, uh, by far my father. Right. I wrote my essay to Harvard on him. They asked who was the most significant leader uh -huh. in, your, in your professional or in your life, and it, yeah. it was my dad, by far. Right, an amazing man. Thank you. Know, you. Absolutely. Um, so tell me, or tell my viewers, if you're watching this show and you, we're hearing about Harvard and how they, not Harvard, I'm sorry, uh, Morehouse and how Morehouse uh, allowed you to propel your education on to Harvard and how you've been able to create this very successful enterprise, tell my viewers why they should consider sending their kids to Morehouse College. Uh, that is an easy response. <laughs> um, the foundation that HBCUs set for one, it is incredible to go there and have the nurturing, the um, the patience. Uh, again, you saw my start. Uh, it was a start of uh, having to prove myself, right. but I was given a platform in the classroom as well as in all the other leadership uh, roles at Morehouse to prove myself. Right. And a lot of uh, campuses are weed out. Um, they take your tuition and good luck, your number. Uh, Morehouse, the classroom settings, are of size where you have a, a, a intimate relationship with your professor one-on-one right. -on -one, right. and go see them. Uh, I think that is unmatched uh, by any other experience. Now, I'm not saying if you get a scholarship and you can go to Princeton or Warden, <laughs> please uh, consider that. But if you are of the mindset that you need to uh, connect with yourself, your heritage and who you are and yeah. you're not quite there, I think an HBCU is the perfect uh, experience for one to do that. Right. Uh, I had strong parents that were uh, very conscious of who we were as a people. So while I didn't need that, I still needed that nourishment of how to go out and compete in a very competitive world where it hasn't been as fair to African Americans. Right. And that's, uh, you know, still the case today. As yes. It was, we have uh, a lot of work to do. We still have a lot of work to do. And I think that um, as individuals like yourself uh, go out and, and break the, the, the glass ceilings and conquer uh, new challenges, it only propels those that are coming behind us, you know, giving them the opportunity to realize and see that they can do the same thing. And that's one of the important variables of this show is being able to show uh, to our communities of color that you can go to an HBCU and you still can achieve the highest level 
uh, of success. And there's nothing that can, can stop you but your own uh, ingenuity and work yes. ethics. Uh, tell me this, just kind of in, in closing, um, what would you like for your uh, legacy to be? Uh, great, great question. Um, again, having a, uh, I didn't speak about my grandfather, that, that's a whole nother story, but uh, fifth grade education built a grocery store business in Memphis to, uh, you know, raising five kids, traveled the world, yeah. landowner. My dad uh, being a, uh, a leader of Memphis, helping, you know, shape Memphis to, right. uh, to where it, it became during his legacy. Um, I want to make an impact in the investment field, uh, obviously creating wealth for myself, but for others. Right. Uh, I think the greatest success of an entrepreneur is if you can create success for others, Absolutely. whether they're the employees, uh, the vendors, uh, or the community that he serves. So my yeah. legacy will be um, hopefully defined by uh, being a trailblazer, not just settling for being in corporate America. I yeah. want to create a firm. I wanted to create it with partners. I, I think the best way to build a business is to have uh, great partners, and right. I have uh, one now. Well, Rodney, I want to just jump in and say this as we close the show. You have done all of those things <laughs> that you described and much, much more. And for that, I want to take a minute to honor you for your commitment oh, man. to historically black colleges and universities. Wow. I present you with the HBCU Lifetime Achievement Award. Wow. And thank you for all you've done to, to, Steve, to set a blazing uh, example for people of color. Man, thank you. Oh, thank you're welcome. You so much. And to my viewers, thank you for watching this episode of HBCU. And remember, without you, there's no me. <laughs>